What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey everybody, welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Tracy and Leslie. We're so glad you joined us today. Every week on Say Yes to Spirit, we talk about a different theme, or at least we use a theme to get us started in our conversation (laughs) about what does it mean to say yes to spirit. And today our theme is limitation. Oh, limitation. Okay. You don't have that reaction when you hear that word? Is that different for you? Limitation. We'll talk about it. (laughs) But before we ever talk about our theme for the week, we always go back and connect the dots with whatever our most recent theme was, and that is joy in this case. And I'm supposed to connect the dots between joy and limitation? That doesn't, I mean, that just, I'm having a very strong reaction to the word limitation. You're the one who likes to connect the dots. <laughs> Stick with it, Leslie. Stick with it. Okay, so if uh, if I'm in a state of joy, then I'm not feeling any kind of limitation. When I'm feeling limited, when I'm feeling uh, constricted, when I'm feeling boxed in, when I'm having all these negative words that I associate with limitation, I'm not in joy. So the connected dots would be, to me, they're polar opposites. That... Is uh, is the idea that I'm thinking now, and I'm hoping at the end of our time of talking about limitation that I might see it differently. But you haven't convinced me to see the word work differently, so I'm not certain that a mere hour will be enough time for me. To I am so glad <laughs> I don't see it as my job to convince you of anything. I thought it was. No. Old practitioner. So um, okay, that's our connect the dots. When we come back after this quick quick break, we will be talking about our theme for the week, which is limitation. Hang with us, get something to drink, stretch, and uh, we'll be right back. Good. So today we get to talk about um, 
what does it mean when you say yes to spirit and how does that help you navigate limitation or can you even have limitations mm-hmm. once you've said yes to spirit? I don't know. See, all those examples make me feel really good about my connected dots, though, because they're all the opposite of joy. So I'm feeling stronger now in my connected dots, which is really well. All I don't that actually agree with you. Oh, imagine that! Yeah, <laughs> they're all the opposite of being happy. Ah, but you know, I when think happy discuss. and joy are two different yes, things. That's, that's, that's so right. I can be stand. I personally yes. can be. Can be talking about well, you know, I don't think I want to do that. I, I'll look foolish, but I can be really in a state of joy in my life and feel joy. It's just I'm not feeling happy about that situation, or that I'm being afraid of that situation. But if you ask me how I am, I'd be like, I'm great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really. You you could wake actually, up in the you, morning. You would, good feel, you would feel joyful and have a thought that that I can't do that. Well, for me, joy is a state of being. Right. So if you're if you're not if a, you're conscious, a happy as a feeling. But if you're conscious of that state of being, then you wouldn't feel limited. I think. I feel. I know. I believe. What's the right adjective? I believe. The verb. I believe. For me. You know, right and wrong. And so the reason limited. I do diversity work is so I can <laughs> allow people to one believe way to whatever believe, they believe in. More than one way to believe. If that's what drives their lives, then, hey, that's good for them. Yeah. I don't have to be that way or believe the same thing or behave the same way. So if I uh, if I am having limited limiting beliefs, I think that translates into me living a limited Life, and I think that I um, I have lived that life. I think I lived that life on and off today. Well, I think we that's really interesting to me because I hadn't thought about it like that until that moment. I don't think I wasn't thinking of limitations, perceived limitations, as in the same way as a limiting belief. So a limiting ah. belief is a belief I have that pervades my entire yes, life and what I, I do. Yes. Um, and I was thinking limitations at, well, and I guess now I'm saying it out loud, I see where they're the same. So if I truly believe that um, I, I've watched TV and I'm interested in learning how to ski because I saw the Olympics, and then I say to myself, well, black people don't ski. <laughs> that's a belief that would, that's a limiting, limiting belief. Limiting belief, yes. Yes, because it's a belief about life and about myself. So, yeah, I was thinking limitation before this moment, moment. of um, of more, like, related, well, they're the same thing. I just hadn't used that language in my ma- in my head. <laughs> In limiting beliefs, you we know, it's all live within limited belief, limiting beliefs. Not necessarily. I don't always, when I'm aware, when I'm conscious. I heard a most amazing interview. I have a new vehicle, and uh, in my new vehicle, I don't have XM radio, which is really distressing to me because I live on XM radio and listening to CNN and MSNBC. So I've been forced in the last few days, to listen to NPR, because it was the closest thing I could get to CNN. But aside from that, and I just needed to take a trip down Pity Row for a moment, but aside from that, I heard the most fascinating interview on NPR of this young woman, is it North Korea or South Korea that's communist? One of them is and one of them is not. She was born in the Korea that is communist. And she talked about her story was basically her family fled and walked across this desert and got to a, uh, got ended up in uh, China and then ended up back in the other Korea that's not communist. But she was describing what life is like in the communist country. And she said, they, they, these were her words, they limit our movement. We can't move freely. We're, everything that is, 
comes across to us in the media or on any kind of you know external in information is constructed to keep us in a certain way of thinking. The schools teach in a certain way. She made the comment that she didn't even know that it wasn't common for people to be executed for um, wanting to have an education outside of their education system or people to be executed for <clears throat> having any kind of um, original thought. That she really believed that the people that were being executed were doing something wrong or bad, and it was when her best friend's mother was executed that she kind of had this first little glimmer that something's off. Something inside of her said, this is off. And it was fascinating to me to think about that. And when I think about some of the women that I work with in the jail, it's like their lives, and I have used this language, are so limited that they don't even know what they don't know. And so in an interesting way, until I have choice, until I know there's a choice, my limitations can almost be my way of life, but I don't even know I'm being limited. Does that make sense? Until I know the opposite, until I understand. Yeah, it's not a limitation. It is the way it is. Other people might look at you and say you're you're limited, but from your own perspective, you are simply living your life. Um, And because limitation... Well, limitation in the way that we started talking about it is the limitation, is limiting beliefs, which means it's limitations you put on yourself. But, but if you look at limitations in society, that that group A is locking group B into or limiting the ability of group B to do something, it's not that we can't talk about that, but to me it's a different conversation. And having grown up black, that's really, I mean, it's an easy conversation to have because groups do, in, our, in, in the world, limit, put limitations on other groups, men to women, women, parents to children, race by race and ethnicity or culture to another race ethnicity or culture straight to gay i mean there's those are externally externally instituted limitations and it doesn't make them real i mean any more or less real but yes we could talk about that as well and because of say yes to spirit is when I say yes to spirit, what happens? I was thinking more about how we limit ourselves. Uh, yes, yes, and yes. But I think it's it, it was interesting to me to hear her talk about how she didn't know what she didn't know. Right. And that she element didn't feel of limitation. Choice. She right. felt she was operating right. in the society right. within which she grew up and within everything that she knew. Right. Yeah. And so, for me, in a strange way, until some something within, well, for her, the trigger was something within her when she saw that her best friend's mother executed. There was some innate, you know, some sort of organic reaction to that that said, "That's not right." Even though, because she's my my friend's mother is not a bad person. Right. So why would they execute her? That's that questioning of something external about whether or not it is true for me. There must be something else. And that opened her up beyond this limitation that she had. You know, she didn't really have a choice initially. Ooh, that's an interesting idea that the opposite of limitations is choice. Because once we know we have a choice, then we do become unlimited in some ways. And it, you know, in a strange way, I always say it's a double-edged sword. You know, once we know we have choice, once we know there's uh, another way of living, it's like, wow, that's that's good. The good news is I have choice. The bad news is I have choice. And to understand the, the limitation of 
that that I've put on myself is my is me putting it on me is a is very very sort of um, that is when the game begins I guess in my mind that's when the fun begins and then what do I do with that how do I how do I create a a, a life that stays focused on the truth, which would be that there really are, would this be a true statement for you, Tracy Brown, there really are no limits? The limits are false? The limits are fake? The limits are speed limits? I guess I have to have the speed limits, right? In theory. <laughs> no. <laughs> but limit, limits, in my mind, kind of are the opposite of I think she wants to speak. She's tried to open her mouth three times, but she's frightened. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's never the word. So here's my take on that. Ah. If we are describing the qualities of God, God is unlimited. God is infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge, infinite creativity, infinite life itself. And I am God. And God operates in, as, and through me based on the choices I make. Because as a human being, part of the makeup that that is a part of my divine design is that I have free will to choose among all the infinite choices of God. And so I am, I have access to all of the unlimited nature of God, but I have to, in my human experience, choose who I want to be, how I want to be, etc. And so, in that sense, I am not here to live an unlimited life. I am here to access the unlimited nature of God in and apply it in the direction that is mine to apply it. So that that's why my life is different than your life, and your life is different than Jane's life, and Jane's life is different than Don's life, because, because within choices. the infinite potential of spirit, yes. each one of us chooses or has the experience that is related to our purpose for being our choices, our lives. So, so I don't, I don't think of. I have the ability to choose between among a unlimited amount of choices, but I still have to choose. And that's how God is operating in me. Wherever I choose, it's all within the circle of God. It's all within my access and my, um, you know, within my reach. But all of it at all times is is not. So God is operating in me, uh-huh. as me, mm-hmm. and through me. Mm-hmm. But the way the human experience has been defined is that you, you know, you go get in your little earth suit and you have the experience of being human for this period of time. And what you choose, because you have free will, what you choose is what gets what the universe supports. So here's a ponder. There's a a third step prayer that I've said every day of my life since I was in probably 19 or 20 when I got into Al-Anon. If I do nothing else, I'll say the third step prayer. And part of the third step prayer in Alcoholics Anonymous is, is God, you do with me. Mm-hmm. You do with me as you will. Yes. So a ponder in terms of me making choices for myself mm-hmm. and saying I'm choosing a limitless life or I'm choosing to be happy, joyous, and free. Sometimes, in a strange way, I've always pondered this idea that am I limiting myself by making a choice, even if it's a healthy choice? If I fully live this idea of letting God be me, then I'm sort of in that flow of the jet stream, and I don't really know what's going to happen next. I'm not. I'm not choosing. I'm letting God choose. Mm-mm. You're choosing, but I'm you're choosing not outlining. You're not doing the how. You're choosing the what. 
So what is I want to be happy, joyous, and free? So that's one choice. Or I can choose to let God be through me. Mm-hmm. Which and all God is going to do is be you in the direction of what you choose. And that's not always by looking at a list and saying, I want to choose number one, number ten. It's not a menu in that regard, but especially in this context of recovery, whether it's, you know, A-A-N-A, well, I mean, we could go through the list. Up until that moment, my choice has been whatever it is that I'm addicted to or my choice has been behavior that's in response to someone else's addiction. Right. And so by being a part of and committing myself to the recovery process, even when once I say, do whatever you will do, with a capital Y, it's in the context of this choice I've made to go down this path of being empowered in my life versus the way I was before. And so if I say, use me, oh God, Ricky mm-hmm. Byers Beckwith song, and so other many places in scripture, if I say, use me, and I'm moving in this direction, mm-hmm. God is going to use me in that direction. Um, and if I say I want my life to completely change so that I am in alignment with that which is God-like, and when I make that statement, I'm not outlining the how or exactly what that's going to look like, but I'm choosing that I'm going to have a God-life like, God-life like, God-like life, yes, and... When I say, so God, do with me as you will, it's going to be in that vein of what I have claimed. So it's not the same as saying, I want to go skiing next week. Right. And I guess that's the ponder is, is you know, if I want to go skiing next week. I can say that. And I can say that, and then I'll go skiing next week in theory. Mm-hmm. So, oh, but if I say, God, you do with me next week as you will what does that word wilt mean? That's sort of wilt. Will. But it's wilt, I think. But anyway, so if I say, God, you do with me, then maybe I go ski, maybe I skydive, which, you know, I, I'm using that as an example of more exciting than skiing, which would just be terrifying, both of them actually to me. But but the idea that, that the God's will, the, the, God in, the God working through me would have, Bigger plans that I could even conceive. And if I can manage, ooh, that's a terrible word. If I can let go, if I can remember, if I can be in, it's what? Surrender. Surrender. There you go. You don't like that word. I don't like that word. I know, but yeah. that's what you're saying. But that's it. Okay, very good. If I can surrender, yes, to God's will, then there's greater things that I, than I could. Because even in my choice, I'm limited because I'm using my brain to choose. Well, that's really good. In my choice, I'm still limited by my brain. My human brain is still at play. If I'm giving myself choice, I have this illusion. Well, we've had this conversation so many times before. Have we? It must be something I need to hear again. Because I think, wow, if I can just stay in that jet stream and get out of my head, get out of my human experience, which you believe we can't do. But... um, if I can just be awake, that's where limitless joy is, capital I. So we've had this conversation before <laughs> from two different perspectives. One, the perspective that God has a plan, plan for you that no. is different than your, the plan is for you to have the human experience, which includes human, which includes free will or choice. And so, and, and you know, and sometimes what you've talked about is, Who you know, I don't... enter into that sentence? You know, the, well, the, that perspective of... You're straight of, up thinking you have thought this. Is that not what you're think, saying? I don't even think that way. Um, but it, it's like... Yeah, where we have that different perspective because if I'm coming from this place of 
God, you know, what, John three sixteen, God loved so much that he gave his only begotten son, so who for uh, blah, 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 have abundant life, Very impressive. Um, eternal life. So the idea that you are human, you have free will, and you have access, complete access to anything that I am and anything I have created, um, and I will support whatever you choose, is great, and that doesn't mean the choice has to be so microscopically specific. It really is. You're choosing your direction in life, um, and God supports that. God, God's plan for you, for me, is for me is is for me to have the experience of life that is unique to me, which means I am choosing along the way what I want, what's important to me, and the universe simply says yes. The idea that God is looking out for you and choosing in advance and saying, oh, poor Leslie, no, please don't make that choice. This would be so much better. (laughs) You know, I believe that God is an impersonal, that God personalizes. Daddy God, don't step on Daddy God. That God personalizes the response, Mm -hmm. but is impersonal in the sense that Does it has no judgment about whether it's what you're choosing. God's not rooting for me? God's not there going, oh, please, Cause you can't, don't do it, don't yeah. do it. So because we're different in that regard, <laughs> then it makes sense that we would see this a little differently. Um, but the concept of, of limitation that, that my mind, my human mind, when I make a human choice, that by definition, if I'm if I'm doing it out of my human mind, that that in and of itself is limiting. So, well, I don't want to be limited. You have an, I want to be have, I want to be unlimited. You can choose from an unlimited menu. <laughs> the menu is unlimited. But I don't know. I don't know. My, my mind, my human mind, kind of like the sweet girl from the north or South Korea, and I can't believe neither one of us know which one of those is a communist country. But anyway. The little girl there, she didn't. Her human mind was limited, but she didn't even know it. And then I think, for how I think, her mind wasn't limited. Her experience was limited in the context of limitations others had set. So when there was a slave in the U.S. who was born in the U.S. was born into an experience that that was the only life that child knew that was not that was not self-imposed limitation in any way shape or form it was all they knew and you learned to survive you learned to live within that limitation that's not bad do you think part of the human experience though for looking at it as a as I like to say, the game of life, wouldn't there always be those little moments of your best friend's mother being killed? These little moments of something coming, wouldn't the divine design include little opportunities, little nuggets, little something that would register with the truth within that would then say, light bulb, there's something different. Perhaps. Light bulb, there's something different. And then, if I choose, if I choose, to, like this young girl did. She didn't choose her parents, did she? She, no, what do you mean? To, to she walk didn't across then, the desert? She didn't then, the, the day she that question came into her mind, she didn't walk out of her house and then go walk across the desert. Her parents <laughs> had a, made a decision that the family was going to move, and now she has seen a lot more, and she's putting her past into perspective based on what she has seen now. But she had a question, and yes, was it possibly a light bulb moment? Is it possible that when she got to be 18 or 25 that she would have seen enough, that she would have said there's something else, and then she might have left? That's possible. But now she's doing a comparison based on what she has seen bigger. True that. Are you trying to make this girl's experience less exciting? Mm-mm. I'm trying to. I'm not. No, I think it's great. 
And I think I'm actually going to go on NPR <laughs> and listen, because for me, with, especially with all the diversity and inclusion work I did, mm-hmm. it's so interesting. But I don't think it's really that much different than what anybody, in physical, it's very different and it's big. But in context, it's what anybody goes through when you're born into a family and you're raised a certain way, and that's all you know. Yes. I talked to, um, I interviewed someone this week as part of a project I'm working on with a client organization, and and he shared the story of how he grew up near um, near the NASA headquarters. And so they had engineers and, you know, academics and brilliant people from all over the world so who would come and live in this community near NASA because their parents worked at NASA. So he ended up going to a school where there were people from all over the world. And so from his preteen years, he was always exposed to different ethnicities and different views of the world and different experiences, and it instilled in him this, particular way of being, and he can build relationships with all kinds of people. And he said when he got, you know, into the world of work and he would talk to his colleagues and he realized that most of them, when he was in college, he realized most of the people he was in college with had never seen a black person, let alone (laughs) someone from India and someone from Japan and someone from China and some, I mean, you know, people, someone from Europe. And he thought that was amazing, and that's when he began to recognize that he had a broader point of view or a broader experience. But the people he was interacting with, they didn't know they had, quote, unquote, missed out on that. And when he got in the world of work, he noticed how many people were uncomfortable with folks who had an accent that was different than theirs, or even if they grew up in New York, and now, you know, they were in Texas. And it's like they didn't see it as a limitation because it's all they knew until it created a problem or until they just had an inspiration for some reason that might have been in them all along. It wasn't a limitation from their own perspective. Right, they didn't know what they didn't know. Right, so it's not a limitation. It's just the way that my life is, and I like it. And so that's why I was. That's why at the top of the conversation, the little leery about talking about limitations put on you by others or by society, because you may not know anything else. And and when I personally, individually, say yes to spirit then the question for me becomes, what about the stories I'm telling myself? Are they true or not? And if they, if they aren't true, what else is there? Does it re- what does it require for me to have a different story because I'm putting the limitation on me? I can do something different regardless of what I knew before. But somehow, some way, there has to be some trigger for me to go on the hunt of something outside of growing up in, you know, whatever kind of home environment I have, whether it be a communist country or a small town or the, to to understand that I can go beyond my limit, I have to understand I have choice. And and I guess I'm pondering how does that, how does spirit, how does the game of life, how does, how does the, 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 you know, because I really do kind of look at that, that it's kind of a, you know, it's like an orchestra and everybody has their part in it. But there's got to be some sort of something that allows us to, have that aha moment that, oh, I am limiting myself. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know that it necessarily has to be something bad. So, um, but, I, and I agree with you that there is an intuition 
Right. There's an internal yes. Yes. peace, and that might come from a book that I read, or it might come from something I see on TV that I want to do, but I don't know anybody who does that. Or it, And I do think that when we say yes to spirit, a lot of times things will begin to come forward within us that we were not aware of or not open to before because we have said yes to spirit and we are beginning to learn um, about the unlimited nature of God and it does open us up or encourage us to think, what does that mean for me? Right. So if my third grade teacher or when I was in the third grade, you know, my teacher said, oh, just mouth the words, or I was in the choir at church and the choir director kicked me out. Somebody told me the story of, you know, they were like nine, eight or nine years old and the choir director basically uninvited them from being in the church choir, the, the children's choir. I'm like, <laughs> and in my mind I'm like, how could anybody do that, right? Because this kid is loving to sing. And Oh, I've got one for you. May I tell mine? Sure. I feel the need to tell mine now. I had a best friend growing up. Her name was Suzanne, and she was really artistic. She was a friend. She, she didn't sound like it. She, no, no, no. Well, I know because I'm about to tell a story of why I'm bitter and resentful. But um, and she was really artistic, and she could draw and do all these things sort of naturally. My mother taught fourth grade school, and every year my mother would do a bulletin board, and my mother would invite Suzanne over to the house so two of them could create. Mother's bulletin board, and Mother would tell me, ooh, Mother, I can't even, anyway, she would tell me, Leslie, you know, you're not a very good drawer. You can't draw. Draw. I can't even say the word because it's so toxic for me. So, so Suzanne and I are going to do this, and you, like, sit over there and watch, or go outside with your imaginary friends because nobody loves you anyway. But anyway, so that, <laughs> that, so, so now I have a very creative friend named Jennifer, and we do creativity classes in the jail, and I'll go to her classes, and she'll say, okay, draw, you know, free drawing, whatever. And I'll just sit there with the pen and go, I can't draw. I can't draw. And she's like, just draw. And then I'll just do dots or something. Because I just, I can't draw, right? So isn't that limiting? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that sad? I hadn't thought about that in years. Thanks for bringing that up. Now I feel bad. No. But that's the same kind of thing. So it was limiting. And oh, I, I'm going to go I back to my story. So, yeah, like so the church choir is better. Well, um, the, so uh-huh. something that someone said to you, right, when you were yes. little. But let's say this person now is. I want a, to be a drawer. Well, they have something in them. They're going to church every Sunday and they hear the choir singing and they love the music and they feel the music and they're, they start to think, you know. I don't have to just mouth the words and then start singing. I mean, you know, it's like they're, they realize at a certain point mm-hmm. that, yes, they believed what they were told when they were little and it didn't feel good, but now they're 38 years old and they start inching, playing with it a little bit. And, you know, two years later they're standing in the choir because they realize, oh, I can sing. It's something I can do. It's something I bet want I can to draw. do. I bet I can. And so until you have that intuition, <laughs> until you have that desire, um, until you, right, you you will live by this limitation. In this case, that was not something that you, that it's not a seed that was just implanted. It was something that someone told you or the feeling you got as a result of that. And you get to choose. Like when you have an opportunity, you get to choose now. Do I really have that limitation? Do I have that or not? Now, I have some things that, yeah, I got that message when I was, I got a negative message about when I was young. You can't draw? But. Can't sing? But I. As an adult, have maybe tested it out and then wait and then found out that oh I really can't do that I really don't do that well. What was the message? So um, not all of art, not all of creativity, not all of music, but it is it. I have found now for myself that I don't do things that require eye hand coordination. So arts and crafts, baseball. 
No, I haven't tried that since I was a kid. <laughs> but arts and crafts kinds of things or sewing or something like that, I don't enjoy it. But there was a period. Did somebody tell you you couldn't do it? There was a period when I was growing up where I don't know that anybody told me, but I had that feeling or that belief. Mm. But in my adult life, at certain points, I've been like, you know what, that's an old story. I don't know that that's true. So when someone invited me to go do one of those, you know, go to the pottery. Oh, no. (laughs) No. But, you know, like the pottery thing you go and there's a party and, you know, everybody goes and you paint something and then you, you know, fire it and then you have your new little thing. And I was like, this is probably about, geez, almost, maybe not quite 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And I was like... You know, I heard myself thinking, oh, I don't do I don't do that art stuff. Yeah, I don't do that stuff, and I don't do it well. And so that actually made me go because it's like, okay, that's a story, and I don't necessarily have to believe it. And this is a really good friend. It's going to be fun. I want to go to her birthday party, blah, blah, blah. And I said, and I gave myself permission. I was like, okay, permission to go and be a part of the party and not make anything. If you really get there and you, have a panic attack. And you feel that uncomfortable, <laughs> you don't have to make anything, but you're going to go. It's your friend's choice. It's her birthday. And so, but my intention was to go and actually make something. And so, yeah, I had that, that voice in my head saying, you can't do this. Your stuff is going to look bad. You don't even have an idea. I couldn't even at first come up with an idea. So it was a limitation from when I was young, but I was, I'm going to engage in it because right. I'm telling myself, you know, really, Tracy. It's like the little train that could. I could do it. I could do it. And, well, let's find out if you can do it. I wasn't <laughs> See, so that's saying, so limited. I can do it. Let's find out if you can. What comes, just be open to whatever happens. And so um, I made two or three items because I was making small things versus some people were doing, like, really big things. And when they were done, I was like, I'm really glad that I did this, and they look like something a second grader would do. (laughs) And so for me, then, I was confirmed that, and I didn't enjoy it. That was the other thing. It was Mm. like, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it because I had this message. It was just like, you know, I really don't, they're having such a good time doing this stuff. And it wasn't because I had the message, I don't do it well. It was, I don't enjoy it doing stuff with my hands and the art. It's like, this really isn't me. It's not about what other people... But that was a good thing then. You could right. you came to an understanding that it's just not something that you enjoy, not something right. that you would feel like you can't do. Exactly. Then you became in choice. And so I felt perfectly comfortable, like, putting two of the three things I made in the trash after I... Oh! And I don't really I don't know, know what that happened to so the good. I think you should have kept one on like a shelf. And um, and I did keep one of the three things for a while, but I think when I moved here, it went away because I I'm, I don't remember seeing it lately in the last few years. Um, but it's that's the the piece. It's like that. Then it's not a limitation. It really is a choice. So last a month ago, when a friend invited me to a painting party that she wanted to do, that she decided she was going to do to celebrate, you know, she wanted to have a social thing. She moved into a new home, and, you know, she wanted to invite friends and go do something fun. And for her, that would be fun. And so I didn't hesitate for a minute saying, Hell no. That would not be fun for me. I'd love to meet. Well, actually, I didn't say I'd love to meet your friends because in this particular case, it'd be okay to meet some of her friends. But if I went, it would be really to support her and to celebrate with her. And it's like, uh, no, not painting, not my thing. But it's not because I have this message. And right. and I don't see it as a limitation. Now, I see it as a choice. Now, it's not a limitation. So it might look like a limitation to someone else who would say, oh, yes, you can paint. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun. Well, no, actually, I know it won't be fun for me. And <laughs> and 
and it's okay, you know. It's okay. I, I do a lot of things really, really well, and painting just isn't one of the things I do well, and it's not something I enjoy. Now, if you want to go roller skating, great. I'll go with you. Uh, if you want to, you know, create a new book or a webinar or something, I'm I'm your girl, but I'm not doing the arts and crafts thing. And so, yeah, no, knitting, crocheting, needlepointing, that I don't even have, I can't even convince myself to try that because I know the detail work with my hands would just, it's just not who I am. And I know that access to the unlimited nature of God is available to me, but because I am God, I am God expressing as Tracy. I am not all of God. <laughs> God is all of me. So I don't oh, have to no, be able to do everything that is could. possible to be done yes. in the human experience. And you know what's curious to me is to watch people, and myself included, fight for my limitations. Just, you know, language around, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, no, that's not for me. Oh, no, there's no way that that could be true for me. Oh, well, that's true for you, but that's not true for me. And it's really interesting to, um, we talk a lot about this with women in the jail, that you know, that's, this idea that I have a frame of how I think life works and that I'm constantly on the hunt for things that reinforce that that. frame. Mm -hmm. So if I believe people are untrustworthy, then I'm always on the hunt for those friends that I can tell a secret to and they'll betray me and then I can say, see, everybody's untrustworthy. And it's really, and that seems to be one of the real big things kind of in the jail that we're working with right now, and it's really difficult to walk that line of helping someone take a risk and try trusting someone, because as long as I have that belief that people are untrustworthy, I'm going to continually pick people that reinforce that belief, right? If my belief is so entrenched and so limited, then that belief is living me. Right? Right. And people who wouldn't share anyone else's secret for some reason <laughs> will share, share mine my because secret. I have that belief. I know that that, is, that I can't trust anyone. And so it is a really interesting ponder to get in that space of opening, oh, what was your word? Surrendering. <laughs> surrendering that belief, surrendering that... Um, that limitation and letting God really show me a different way. Oh, you don't like that, do you? God can't show, right? That's just an it that is. Um, but the idea that if I... <laughs> right, she's looking at me, so... Like, why would you... Yeah. But the, well, the idea that there's some direction, you know, because I have this idea that God is constantly putting me into the next best thing, next best thing, the truth next best is, thing. There's nothing to heal, only truth to reveal. The truth is revealed through experiences and people. And that, that God sets that up to be in mind that the cards are stacked in my favor. That sounds like a daddy God. Um that you can roll your eyes, but the idea that somehow, some way, I have to be able to open myself up to a possibility and let that possibility be a possibility. Like I really have to believe in the possibility that people are trustworthy. Like I have to believe that I'm worthy, Leslie Moni is worthy. I have to believe in that concept in order to open up experiences that would reinforce my worthiness. As long as I am entrenched and looking for examples of my unworthiness, then I'm going to continually get that kind of life experience. Right? Right. So how do I step out of... You choose. But if it's so entrenched... You choose. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you chew. And, and I you choose. Chew. Oh, I get you. Okay. And you choose. There you go. There you and go. You I choose. That's right. That's right. And you choose. Yes, with this new car situation, choose. I am saying that I choose to accept the good. I choose to accept a pretty car that's nice and clean. And I can choose to have that in my Wait, life. wait, wait. That's nice and clean. But it's two days old. Give oh, me a minute. Okay. So, uh, so you know, but the idea that it, that I can choose to have good things and I accept the good, I accept the good. I, uh, you know, that that language. It is all about language and about um, belief, isn't it? At the end of the day, it is. And how do we change our beliefs? Change our thinking. Change my thoughts. Right. Over and, and over, over and, and over, over and right. over again until right. the new thought becomes the default and replaces the old thought or belief. Do you know that there's science behind that now, Tracy Brown? Mm-hmm. So, uh, some of these neural pathways that are created through the negative thinking, they actually fire in a certain pattern. And if I change my thinking long enough that I'll start firing in a different pattern, isn't that exciting? It is. Don't we feel better when science confirms all these ooey ooey things that we thought were just ooey ooey and stupid? Stupid? Well, silly, naive, stupid, mystical. strong word. <laughs> mystical. That's right. That's right. The mystical path. But it is fascinating to watch myself and others fight for the limitations. And I wonder I could um I could use that as like an exercise for myself this week. Because God only says yes. So if I fight for my limitations, I can absolutely have the my limitations. Says yes. yes, 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 yes. So, but if I, how can I become aware that I'm limiting myself? How do I? I go back to that idea that if I just stay in this state of God, you do with me as you wilt. Uh, that 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 opens up the possibility that I'll get outside of limitations that I don't even know that I'm limited in. If I can fully be in that space, then then I'm hooking into that jet stream. <clears throat> then I'm, And if I believe I'm unworthy and I say, God, do with me what you will. will. <laughs> the universe can only will only, not only provide, but will provide circumstances and conditions and people that are within that bigger context. But Unless you, you're, do with me as, do with me in order for me to live a God-like life. You, I mean, you either have to have that as the priest proceeding to the, the request or as part of the request if you want to experience something new or different or vaster or bigger. But, you know, here comes an interesting, this is sort of, I think, a metaphysicist kind of goes one direction to me and mystical goes a different direction. In terms of, I think the metaphysical person says, I have to say this over and over and over and over and over and over to get to this point of limitless life. And the mystical person in me says, okay, I can go from point A to point Z without any kind of repetitive thinking if I'm in that jet stream. And for me, and because I have such a deep-seated neuropathic process that says I'm not worthy, right? I can say I do that's kind of the river that runs within me. So but there's been moments when I'm absolutely out of that river and in that jet stream. And those are the moments when I have my spiritual practice in the morning, when I say that third step prayer, when I am constantly, you know, sort of reminding myself that, you know, the, the spiritual practice sort of becomes me. Uh, did you see me stop myself before I said I'm constantly reminding myself because that would be on the metaphysical side. So, yeah. So, but I, if I'm living a spiritual practice in the morning and doing, you know, two or three things, you know, spiritual practice, some sort of 
little email to my little Reverend Beatrice, who I hadn't even thought about in like two months. Oh, my God. So bad. And what's the third thing that I do that I'm supposed to do? I don't know, something like walking, which I do that a lot of that now. But I I don't, I just am in that jet stream, and it's not really, I'm not, I'm not. Okay, I just, I can't even be, be quiet another second. What? Because are you open to seeing how you, in a, in a tiny way, are contradicting yourself? <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm really interested in that. Okay, and I'm going to use this model because I know you love it so much. Yes, the four kingdoms. The four kingdoms. Yes. So kingdom one, for those of you who are not familiar with it, is kingdom one is victim consciousness. Everything is happening to me. Yes. Kingdom two. That's that river within. And kingdom two is uh, you step up to the uh, to responsibility or accountability. It's the kingdom of things are done um, with me, by me, co-creating by me. Kingdom three is uh, the kingdom of you. The pathway to kingdom three is surrender, and it is um, things are happening through me. Right. And kingdom four is as me. Right. So. As you were giving your examples, well, what you verbally said was, well, no, no, I can be in this, like, state of unworthiness, but then I'm in the jet stream and I just jump over to I kingdom. jumped to four. I jump over. I go from kingdom. one to four. I go to kingdom three, which is it just is happening, and I didn't really do anything in my life. The way you were describing yeah, okay. it, it was kingdom I was three. It was four. Okay, go ahead. And but what you said was it only happens when I'm in when I'm putting myself in the jet stream by doing my spiritual practice. Yes. So it's not that you have to. The metaphysical thing is not that you have to do it over and over and over and over again. That's the scientific Uh that you have to do it. You have to replace. You're using affirmations. Right. But it's not really the the sense of I have to do the affirmation thousand five times. times. Um, So the fact that you do a spiritual practice, you are taking responsibility that I have to do something. I I am choosing to do something, and the outcome of that shows up in this Kingdom 3 where I have actually surrendered. I'm in the jet stream, and my life is happening a certain way. A few things might be as me, but in general, the way you were talking about it, it is, it's it's happening around me. It's happening through me. It's I'm I'm allowing God to use me to show up in a certain way. So that's good. That's that's true. That is my. And that's all. So it's like the kingdom two two choice. It's the kingdom two choice to do my meditation in the morning. Right. To do my email. I choose to do spiritual practice. So because of. That choice in a kingdom two thought. I surrender. I I, this. I, I allow God to then. And how do you get to me. number four? I think I'm in number four sometimes. Is what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is that I'm leaping from one to four. <laughs> is that even that I that 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 because of my spiritual practice in the morning, it's propelling me into this four. This is really deep. So people who teach this model. <laughs> Always make a point to say... You can't go jump. You can't jump. Right, yeah. It's too bad, I think we can't. And that you can have this experience, but again, it's, it's, it's you can have that Kingdom for experience, but it's often because you so completely and consistently are surrendering that then you, it just happens. See, that's, yeah, but I've experienced that. Right, all of us have. But, but it's not a reward. It's not a reward. Oh, for no, I don't anything. think of that. I don't think it. But and it's not possible to just go. And and um, you know, what Petra says often is that women tend to go from think they can they are going from one to three, and men tend to think they're going from two to four because two and four have a sense of responsibility and personal action, and one and two have the kind of. God's doing it. One, life is doing. People are doing this to me. And two and three, God's just doing it. I don't have to do anything. Maybe we should talk about the kingdoms next week. 
Well, we are out of, town, out of time to talk about limitation. So thanks for joining us on Say Yes to Spirit. And until next time, remember to say, say yes, yes to Spirit. To spirit. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.